0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com.
1: Now we have this, like, we call it like our tasting hall or the weird hall. And it's a place where people can be themselves. If you, I've looked out on the floor and I've seen people with spikes and studs and patches bikers and like metal heads and stuff and then at the next table there's a bunch of elves and people in armor and uh cloaks and hoods and stuff like that and it's just this really cool like you know and and it's because you know it's our whole community you know it's growing up in the metal scene you know it it's a very tight-knit community wherever you are i kind of took that kind of at heart and put it into
2: weird. Hey what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians, talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. Now before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. If there's someone in your life that just loves extreme metal, well let them know that the vox and hops metal podcast exists you can tell them that there are over 400 episodes where i sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians we talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers if you're to encourage one of your metal head friends to become a brand new vox and hops head that would be something that i would truly appreciate today on the podcast i'm very stoked to be a travis sigler of weird leatherworks and Metery. get ready everyone! this is vox and hops episode number 430
3: I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
2: Hey, what's up everyone today? I'm very stoked to be with Travis Sigler of Weird Leatherworks and Meadery from Portland, Oregon. Uh, Very cool to finally hang out with you. I've before we started recording and before I invited everyone into the Thirsty Thursday Hang, because we are recording this episode at July's live interview, Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hang. Love doing these. Love hanging out with the Thirsty Thursday gang, conducting an interview. I mentioned that I felt like the meter was much older, but it's only basically five, about six years old, Started in 2017 in a closet, ended up in 2018 in a real establishment, and then you moved in 2020 to the real establishment where your permanent establishment in Portland right now. Uh, so uh, it's a cool thing. I'm very... Obviously, very into craft beer. Uh, I have enjoyed some meads in the past, but I have never had one of yours. Uh, let's all of that just very simple. Travis, how you doing? I'm um,
1: doing good. It's uh, it's it's really hot in Portland right now, so we're creeping up to about a hundred degrees here, which is not normal for Oregon. <laughs> um. Otherwise, just gearing up for uh, we're going to a ren fair in a couple of weeks. Nice. Getting our booth uh, ready for that, releasing five new mead flavors at that Renaissance fair. Damn. Um, so we're super excited about that, um, and yeah, just been doing the the work grind for few months now at this point it's just it's hard to keep track of time
2: that's what happens when you're popular and things work it's, it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> you aspire to get there and then you you do get there and then you don't get to enjoy it so you have to find ways to take a step back and enjoy it hopefully tonight that helps you reflect upon that uh, this is a vox and hops Fox uh, and hops is all about hanging out my metal friends talking about their lives and music typically while sharing craft beer now it's almost 100 degrees where you are so you you will not be enjoying an alcoholic beverage but you will be drinking what travis
1: I'm, I'm i'm trying to stay hydrated as much as i can right now so um i'll be uh partaking with you guys and chatting here and seeing what you guys are all drinking and uh We'll talk a little bit about the, some of the bottles that I have, uh, next to me here if that's cool with you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> very cool with me. I'm, I'm very excited to showcase everything you guys are about. On my side, I will be drinking something, something a little like tongue-in-cheek because uh, you're, you're a metery, and uh, how mm-hmm. much farther can I get or maybe somewhat closer to a metery can I get than a, than a smoothie sour? Uh, something that I <laughs> got my hands on a week ago, two weeks ago, thanks to Derek, uh, the head brewer, the mastermind, the wild, mad scientist from Pub Brewski here in Montreal. I was today at the Old Port and I bumped into Derek. Eric, and he hooked me up with uh, this, and this is a Beer Mosa. So it's a smoothie sour, uh, which is a sour base that they smashed with a bunch of orange cara-cara and mandarin, 5.2%. In my opinion, Brewski makes the best smoothie sours. I'm going to crack this. uh, Travis, take us all the way back, back in time to your first beer. Do you remember the first beer you ever had?
1: So it's really ironic. I'm not really a beer drinker. You know, I'm not really... I'm, I'm not really an alcohol drinker too, as well. Um, it's kind of funny cause I make mead. Yeah. Um, but, uh, mostly growing up, it's always been medieval fantasy, you know, like your Lord of the Rings, mm. uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Narnia, all sorts of stuff, uh, in those realms. So mead has always been on my, like my radar of things. Um, beer wise, it's mostly, I like sweet things. So it's, for me it's more of if I can find something that would be like when I did drink some beer, it was oh, what's that stuff called? It was like raspberry,
2: very, very sweet. Um, it hypothetically might be a smoothie sour, which which I I think you might enjoy this one. If you like like orange juice, mimosas basically, you might enjoy this. So, so cheers, cheers. I like orange you. juice. <laughs> so you might enjoy this one. On the nose, it's right. It's just pure orange juice.
1: I think it was like Fram Frambois? Fram something. I don't know. You guys would have way more of an idea because I'm I'm honestly not really much of a I'm not really a beer person, you know?
2: Take me back to your first mead then. Do you remember the very first mead you ever drank?
1: I wanna say it was probably the Donsk Um they're a meadery from Denmark. Um I actually have some of it at uh at weird just we have we have some guest meads not at our hall um so i do have some of their stuff probably uh, they've been making this stuff called viking's blood for years now at this point so before i started weird you know we would have our we would have like these like medieval barbecues there you go yeah
2: yeah mike yeah. mike neely's drinking it
1: right mike, now in the then mike's night. got some some viking blood there so that's the hibiscus and hops um so if you're more of like a more of a beer you like the hops and stuff like that that's definitely your uh that would be a really good go-to mead that I would recommend you know I get a lot of people coming out to weird and you know we have our house meads we have our our weird meads um but we we have guest meads as well to give people a variety um options um but I want to say it was probably that donks mead from a little shop here in Portland Before we started weird, before we really started getting brewing in the closet, um, in some carboys. (laughs) Uh, and then from there, it's just, it was hard to kind of hard to source mead, at least kind of in our Portland area. It's a very niche, niche market, um, a niche drink, even though it's the world's oldest alcoholic beverage. So that's why we started making it, you know, my, my buddy and I, uh, we started making mead in a, in a carboy in the closet and that's just kind
2: of, where it went from there, but yeah, I love that. I love the the making it out of necessity so that you could get an easier access. So we could have it, it yeah. <laughs> it's it's a, it's a typical brewer story too. A lot of brewers start brewing beer because they just don't want to pay for it anymore. Let's deviate away from the meat. I'm going to come back and smash a whole topic about that. Uh, talk to me about the soundtrack of your youth. Uh, I feel like, and I know that Weird is a heavily medieval based. Um identity and brand, but it's also very metal so so talk to me about the soundtrack of your youth. I want to figure out you growing up. What did your parents or guardians listen to when you were growing up when you were not in control of the radio? What were your parents or guardians listening to?
1: oh man so so my dad listened to a lot of country when I was growing up, but a lot a lot of old school like rock and roll um you know, like there was always uh you know like your a c d c your uh, CCR, uh, my grandpa actually listened to a lot of CCR. So that was kind of more of my dad's side, but he was also listening to a lot of country. My mom in her car a radio or anything like that, it would have been, uh, the Eagles or Pat Benatar or, you know, just kind of like the average rock. And then kind of, I want to say it was probably my aunt gave me a Metallica CD And so from there, it just kind of snowballed, um, spiderweb down the chain of just finding different stuff. You know, I went this, I was probably like 10 jamming out to Metallica, and then from there, it was like I discovered like Exodus and uh, you know, Slayer and all these old school thrash metal bands, and then kind of just branched my way out finding finding uh as much new uh to me new at the time you know um
2: well it's new to you it's it's, it's not yeah new. yeah it's, it's not your new, experience you know. with the material so i went down to
1: you know to this day you know i've got like a whole like ronnie james dio oh, yeah. half sleeve going on and so dio to me is like top tier always will be one of my favorite uh vocalists uh um, all of my uh one of my favorite uh, musicians of all time. So it just kind of kind of rolls, you know, just I don't know, it I just went down that deep hole, found all of like Dio and Rainbow and Saxon and just all sorts of stuff. But yeah, that would be that would be a lot of my high school era.
2: <laughs> How about your first live music experience? Do you remember the very very first show you went to go see?
1: I want to say I went to I think it was Journey, Foreigner and Night Ranger. That's fucking sick. I think I think that was that lineup. But then I also saw Poison and somebody else. Like they were like a week apart, so I get those two wow. really really mixed up uh, there. That was a good month there. Very good month right but, there.
2: Yeah. <laughs> How how old were you at that point, and um, what was going on? Were you already uh, enthralled with with metal music at that point? I want to say I was probably like uh, uh, twelve, thirteen,
1: somewhere somewhere around there. And then after that, like immediately following that, it was like, all right, I'm going to Exodus, and that was my yes. first like
2: Mosh thrashy,
1: thrashy, yes. Wall of Death kind of. Oh, shit, were <laughs> stuff you ready?
2: Were you there, or were you in a safe spot?
1: Oh, I had. I was just like, "This is nuts!" Like, but this is (laughs) awesome. These are my, you know, I've been. I had been listening to mute metal for a long time, but I had never actually been to a show. Mm -hmm. I want to. It was uh, Exodus, Holy Grail, and a local band, Excruciator, that I became friends with here. Um, And that was just after that, I was hooked. You know, I was going to shows. I've been to hundreds at this point. You know, so. Um. Just down down that rabbit hole.
2: <laughs> I think that's amazing. But you never yourself, and I could be wrong here. You never became a musician yourself. It was always from a fan's point of view.
1: More of a more of a fans. You know, I've dabbled, but it was never really, never really my thing. I was always more of the um, when I kind of first started in the scene here in Portland. You know, I, I originally wanted to be like a video uh, video editor, trying to help uh, local bands get. Get some of their stuff out there. Gets uh, videos up on YouTube, any sort of audio, that kind of stuff. So I was kind of dabbling into the video editing, audio kind of uh, recording world of of things for years in our in our local scene, and just really, you know, I've always been a real like community uh, support kind of kind of person. So trying to just get people's stuff out there, really hype it up. Um, and expose people to to the the music of our of our local area,
2: hell, yes, everyone that is involved in a scene is very important from the people on the stage to the people outside um video editing being people that just talk about bands that they love it's 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 a community and that's what band makes bands work that's what right. makes bands works is the community around them it's more than just the center of the flower let's say and then there's all the petals that surround it that expand out that causes a band to have success so cheers to cheers to you for doing that for so many years uh, before weird became such a big part of your life uh, you got into uh, leather making um, talk to me about that you had a brand your your artist name was Obsidian Crow. T- talk to me about that. About the passion of getting into making leather objects. Uh, obviously, there's the whole medieval aspect of it. That huge interest of yourself. Maybe we should back up even further. If you, unless you want to answer it in this question, is at what point did medieval folklore and all this passion become such a huge part of your identity? So I was going to a
1: lot of concerts and uh, doing a lot of that stuff, but growing up my whole life I've been reading like high high fantasy literature and all of that kind of stuff then I went in 2013 I think to my first comic-con <laughs> and that was a whole nother it's like it's like the metal community right like there there's this huge network a huge following a group of people and then I went to honestly with some of my you know, my buddies, we all went to, to Comic-Con and I was like, this is almost like th- the metal scene, but in a totally different, different route here. And I'm like, I want to do this. This looks fun. And me being very much uh, loving all of the, the medieval fantasy stuff and Lord of the Rings <laughs> started making my own armor, uh, making Faramir's armor from the Lord of the Rings, uh... Aomir's, Jon Snow, just all of these different uh costumes that required leather and leather armor. So I'm a self taught leather worker. Um, so I went down, I went down that little rabbit hole as well, started doing commissions for people, and then I was like, this is kind of what I really like to do. Um and I wanted to be and I still do. And I, I, like, I'm still aiming for this, but the, you know, I want to do more filmmaking, uh, costume creations. Some of my, some of my leather work has made it to the show Vikings. Um, some of it has, yeah, it's, uh, I've got friends kind of all over the place. So it's like the, like, like the community, you know, the more people, you know, and talk to the more it's like, Oh, Hey, this is cool. We, will you make me a kidney belt or will you make me a, like these bracers or something like that and get your stuff out there? I started doing the leather working, and then started making the mead and then kind of was like these two things kind of in the medieval realm of things kind of go together. I wonder if we could make something work, you know, for this that's unique and different and is very, very uh you know just totally different than than the normal metery or the normal i guess leather working shop which usually produces like handbags and stuff
2: like that <laughs> hell yes i think it's so good I'm, that, that was uh, you're you're flowing right into it to what i want to talk about putting both together having this identity of, of a medieval metal heads um i think one of the first people that spoke about you on the podcast was ty from lords of the trident you made his whole he's, new a good armor. Buddy of mine. he's, he's so awesome and then you guys also and correct me if i'm wrong here for the mad with power fest you guys had the official mead am i crazy there
1: not me Um, that's with, uh, boss meetery, BOS. That's that's lame.
2: He should have done it with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I do want to meet those guys, you know, us speed makers. It's all a very, very niche thing, you know? So I was talking to Ty when he was at weird, like a month or so ago, I'm like, Hey, if you guys ever want to do a collab or whatever, let me know. I'm going to mad with power next month. So I'm super stoked about that. Um, I've wanted to go to his festival for, uh, years at this point and all the bands that are on there over half of them are different friends <laughs> different friends as bands you know so so i'm still i'm really stoked about that for sure
2: now now i know very well and a lot of the listeners know because i've spoken about it at length on the podcast what goes into making a beer now now can you explain the process of making a meat and uh, i read some of the ingredients your semi-sweet traditional basically only has three ingredients which is pretty fucking sweet it has a honey water and yeast so it sounds simple but i'm sure it's not simple so so can you go into the process of what what, how do you make a mead and what is the the whole from a to z the fermentation process and how long it takes
1: right um so it really just kind of depends on what you're going for right a semi-sweet mead or just a a traditional it's also known as like a sack mead or just a traditional mead is honey, water, yeast. Um, you you got to figure out your ratio of honey to water. And then from there, you pitch your yeast. There's so many different types of yeasts. Um, you could use all anything from a wine yeast. Uh, we use a Norwegian ale yeast on our stuff um i just like the notes and stuff that comes out of the using more of the the yeasts that are usually used for beer um it it seems to work out flavor notes for us um makes it a little bit different the the nice thing is is you can ferment it super hot um with that uh with that ale yeast it can go all the way up to Honestly, like 100 degrees without killing the yeast,
2: um, which is cheaper too because you don't have to keep it cold.
1: Yeah, so you 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 have to be careful with um, with where you're brewing it. You know, when we started doing it in the closet in the carboys, we were using a wine yeast. That stuff can't go above like 75 ish degrees, otherwise you'll end up killing your yeast, and then your fermentation will all stop. The yeast goes in. I'm I'm sure you if you guys are. or or beer makers or brewers or anything like that. Okay. So think of it like a wine, right? The sugars from the grapes get converted into alcohol in mead. The sugars from the honey gets converted into alcohol. So we're essentially replacing the grapes with honey. Um, and then from there it's you ferment it to whatever gravity reading that you're looking for. If you're trying to get it to about 13%, which is where our stuff usually caps out at, um, around there. It just kind of depends on what you're doing. Um, Somebody down here in the chat, whoever was drinking the Vikings blood um, has the, yeah, there's the bottle. That stuff goes up to like, I want to say it's like 16% or one of, one of their, one of their flavors goes up to like 19%. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, it just, it's kind of up to the mead maker on, what you're kind of aiming for, right? There's meads that are six, like 6%. There's meads that are 10, 15, almost all the way up to 20. I don't know if you can legally go higher than that before it becomes like a, like a liqueur. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, you know, we, we stick to that kind of 13% land. Uh, once you hit your kind of desired alcohol level, you can then put stuff in it to kill the yeast or bring it to a halt. Um, from there you can age it, you can bottle it, you can put it into a whiskey barrel, you can add fruit onto the se- at what's known as the secondary or the, um, the third, you can just keep it going. um, we usually try to rack ours a few times just to get all of that kind of natural settlement from all the yeast and stuff to drop down um before we kind of move it into the secondary where where the fruit or the tea or the whatever it is we're doing will go into that um and really it's up to the meat maker you know you can let your stuff sit for a year uh before before it's where you want it to be to to drink it or five months or seven months, eight months, it's just kind of, you know, there's, the nice thing about mead making is it's a little complex, but like, in my opinion, it's probably not as complex as most people would think it being brewing. Like with beer to me seems a little bit more complex. That's because I don't make beer. So I don't know. (laughs) It's definitely a, a pretty forgiving beverage too mm, I, was, can, I just i
2: literally just wrote down the word error to ask yeah, you about so, that
1: <laughs> so you can have some pretty big errors right like your 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 mead could almost end up like a like a vinegar or maybe your your yeast stalls on you and you don't hit that abv which won't hit that flavor that you're trying to do the nice thing is is that no matter what happens, you can almost always kind of figure out something to do with it. Uh, if you're like, "Oh, I'm trying to make this, but that didn't work out," you could be like, "Okay, so now we're going to turn this nine percent mead into a whiskey barrel aged nine percent mead or something, you know?" And and at least have a, a product out there.
2: So there's no, it's not like in the brewing world where if it goes terribly wrong. You got to dump it, yeah, I mean, there must be sometimes it's that it's just not yeah, salvageable. yeah,
1: sometimes, but not all of not all the time, I would say
2: it sounds like it's a good thing because one of the other things that came out as you were speaking before was that it seems to take a lot of space. Uh, breweries yeah. like to <laughs> fill their fermenters and then flip them over. Very quickly, you know, lagers six weeks, uh, IPAs three weeks, just pumping out products. Whereas meads, you got to hold on to this to seven months to longer. So, so you need it, to have yeah. space, is what I'm, what is what the vibe I'm getting.
1: Yeah. It really just depends on like what you're trying to do. Right. So, like a session mead, um, these are the meads that I kind of recommend to people. If, let's say you're, you come in and you're like, I'm a beer person. I've never had mead before. What do you recommend? I'm like, okay, so either it's going to be something like the Donx with the with the hops in there already, or a session mead is a great way. It's a lower ABV carbonated, so you get like a pint of it, and we we make our house sessions as well. But it's a kind of a, just a great way. We did one that was uh, spruce tips and hops, Oof, right? And it's a mead, awesome. so yeah. it's it's very beer ish <laughs> but it's um if somebody came in and was like i drink beer all the time i've never had meat i'm like spruce tips and hops try this or even just our semi-sweet flagship flavor it's a really great introduction um but the session meads are definitely the uh a good introduction as well um those ones so oh, that's what i was getting at timeline <laughs> uh the session meads. we can crank them out in like Almost like a beer, uh, or whatever it is you were saying a second ago. Three, three to six like weeks, let's like, say. Yeah, like a six week time frame. Whereas the still meads are definitely more wine like and have to go for anywhere from four months to whatever it is you feel like doing. You know, I've aged stuff on a whiskey barrel for, for five months, you know, when it's the meat oh, has I to mean, finish. Exactly. And then from there, you have to age it even longer on the barrel. So. Um, yeah, it's like,
2: sorry, when you say session, um, I'm imagining it's not like a session beer that's three to 4%. You're talking around five, 6% because a uh, standard meat is 12.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's our stuff usually comes around six around to 7%. Um, I think it's just called a session in our land of terms exactly. says, because in you can weird. drink it in a, in a session.
2: In your weird <laughs> you know, world, I like it.
1: In our weird world. Uh, and you it's can only order a,
2: flights of the sessions from what I've seen.
1: Uh, pints. So exactly. they come in a pint. But you do flights as well
2: at the tap room.
1: Yeah, of the still meads. Um, sessions are really hard because they're carbonated to put into a, like a flight, a one ounce little flight guy. But uh, yeah, so we have a good variety of stuff.
2: Talk to me about the tap room. What is a typical night in the tap room? Now, obviously, very medieval themed. Um, a part of me is expecting to walk in there and be transposed back into a Vikings episode. Let's say, is that truthful? Is that really what it's like? What is the music like? Like, talk to me about the tap room. Um, building this tap room. Apparently, you had a bunch of friends help you with throughout the pandemic make this a reality. Uh, Talk to me about the tap room and the vibe, and and is it something you imagined happening, and build it that way, or is it something that organically happened?
1: I would say that it was something that kind of organically happened, right? So we had a little tiny shop um, before the pandemic, and then in 2020 we kind of found this location, and it wasn't technically up for rent. We had to talk to the building owner at the time. The space had a lot of potential and I could just see the um you know like the leather working shop area. Here's the bar, here's where people could come up and, and drink at, at the at the nice wooden log style bar. Um the building already had like these like stone like fireplaces kind oh, wow. of in place.
2: Just just meant um, to be, yeah.
1: So the potential was super there. So it just kind of unfolded that way. And me being, you know, loving medieval everything, I was like, okay, if we can create a space that allows people to come in, enjoy our product, enjoy our mead, check out our leather, all the armor and stuff that I'm making. I'm always making like bracers and pauldrons and helms and just all sorts of leather stuff and have the shop side but also feel like they leave the real world behind and have an escape, right? Very much wanted a place where people could be themselves. Uh, we have a, you know, all of our friends and stuff who helped build this place. We're a bunch of metalheads, right? So, and that crosses over so much into the nerdy medieval land of things. So, now we have this like we call it like our tasting hall or the weird hall and it's a place where people can be themselves if you i've looked out on the floor and i've seen people with spikes and studs and patches bikers and like metal heads and stuff and then at the next table there's a bunch of elves and people (laughs) in armor and uh, cloaks and hoods and stuff like that and it's just this really cool like you know and and it's because you know it's our whole community you know it's people they found this space that they're like okay this is you know i won't be like it's not out of the norm for anybody to come down into weird at any point in the time to- at any point in time any weekend any weekday if you want to come out dressed up in all chainmail armor You will not be out of place down there at any point in the year. So that was kind of what, when we were creating the place I wanted, you know, our growing up in the metal scene, you know, it's a very tight knit community wherever you are. I kind of took that kind of at heart and put it into weird and tried to create a place. And I, I think we've succeeded a place that is very community driven. We love supporting artists. We love supporting makers, crafters. Um, So we have this whole, this huge community aspect to our business. So we're a business, but we're also at heart a, like a true community, Um, which to me, that, that means everything, you know, that's, that's, that's what it is for me. So
2: I love that. I love it. You're you're going to preparing to go to a Renaissance fair. You got your booth there. Um, Everything that you're just mentioning is at what point is there going to be a weird festival where you guys are the ones in making this happen? You're inviting bands out. You're inviting other artisans to come out hypothetical, some brewers to come out, other mead makers. Uh, at what point is that something you've ever thought about having like a weird festival?
1: So it, it's funny, like the past couple of years, I've always thought it would be cool to have weird fest, like just as our own little, little thing, you know, um, it really comes down to land um i'm I'm really for the past couple of years i've been really really trying to to move the business towards you know being able to purchase like a big chunk of land right and then have the space to do something like that, and you yeah, know, because have, I don't
2: think a venue would work you need to have the outdoorsness of it all we
1: want, we would want to be i think outside
2: some, um, some hard larping yes.
1: Yeah, like I want people in armor and chainmail and metalheads and um an outside stage thing where people can do the music and stuff like that, which I think would be um like super, super sweet. You know, I've been to Vauken, so I like I know uh how all the outside stage and that whole uh Four-day camping event in Germany uh, was was awesome. So something like that would be maybe not that scale, but you know, like
2: v- Vakin started somewhere. So so it, it, I wish you. I wish it comes within the next you know five years. A ten-year anniversary festival sounds good to me. Something yeah. you can hypothetically You're welcome build to come to out. <laughs> I would be very very much interested. So uh, something that I saw on your social media is not sure if it was real, but I feel like it was. Uh, you've made collabs for bands. You mentioned that you would make one for Thai a little bit earlier.
1: If he's down, I've told him. I'm like, let's do it. Let's do a Lords of the Trident Mead. You know,
2: <laughs> it makes sense to me. I saw uh, Cannibal Corpse Mead. Is this a true collab, or is this just something that uh, you did? Uh, is this like a they granted you permission for this? And if it's that's so tell me that story.
1: Yeah. So I got a bottle right here. Um, it's actually bottle number Travis out of six six six. So we did six hundred and sixty six bottles with Cannibal Corpse really really fun fun collaboration here the story behind it it's it's cool so alex and his wife they kind of live here in oregon and his wife came out to weird and she was like this place is super super awesome and she posted pictures on her social media i have a bunch of mutual friends who are friends with her and then ended up tagging me and so i was like i was like hey come back when i'm there and we'll you know i'd love to meet you guys and stuff like that so her and alex uh webster of uh of cannibal corpse came back out we got to chatting and uh you know i was like if you guys are ever down to do a do a mead collaboration i don't think cannibal corpse has ever had a had a had a mead before i've seen their you know i've seen their beers and their their coffees and stuff like that um and you know i i kind of showed them an example um we did another one uh, called uh, Queen of Hell with a um, power metal band friend of mine. So we did a, uh, a a small collaboration with those guys. So I was able to show them, I'm like, hey, this is kind of what, you know, we can do some fun, cool art on here and do, do something like this. And they were like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Let's do it. And so they then contacted... Um, they put me in contact with Vince Locke who da, he did all of the cannibal corpse album art since like the 80s or wh- how I don't know how long he's been doing that, but he's been doing it for a while. And so we got him to do the actual album art for this for this bottle. Um, so we actually have an official cannibal corpse um, artist who has also done that. And it's hard to see, but there's like there's some uh there's, there's some zombie Viking dudes jumping off a cliff and there's a blood orange tree in the background. They chose the flavors, uh, blood orange, hibiscus, and safflower. Um, very interesting combination turned out really, really smooth. Um, very citrus, citrus florally kind of notes on that. Um, Which is kind of it's. I I love it because it's like citrus and floral and stuff in it, but it's Cannibal Corpse. corpse,
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. What ABV? I'm sure that's a a banger that one. Uh,
1: thirteen. Awesome.
2: Awesome. Yeah, it was about. It
1: hit about. It hit about thirteen on that one. So,
2: well, that's amazing. I love when artists go to a place they like it, and then they immediately do like a collaborative support system of it. That's that's very cool. That a band as big as Cannibal Corpse is still interested in just walking into a place loving it and then wanting to showcase and work with them.
1: Yeah. I mean, and you know, I've, I've sat there and chatted with, with Alex about that same thing, about how much to us it means to us, you know, we're, we're, we're a small business, you know, at heart, we're, we're just a small business, a local Portland small business. Um, we are starting to get some worldwide support. Um, the more people that are finding out about us, um, tons of people in different, uh, countries now wanting our mead kind of out there. It's just hard to ship alcohol internationally. We're trying to work on that. Um, we can ship to like 44 states here in the U S which is awesome. That is a um, cool.
2: Uh...
1: you know, being a small business, it's just, uh, to us, you know, they're really down to earth guys. Right. So, you know, that was kind of, it just meant a lot when, when they were like, yes, let's, uh, let's do this. And I was like, Oh, okay like cool like not many people can say they've done a collaboration with cannibal corpse you know um i was still trying to get i was trying to figure out how to contact jim carrey i wanted to get him a bottle of that that's so bad um for the the because i grew up watching like ace ventura and stuff and cannibal Corpse is on that stage or whatever i'm like that would just be so
2: so cool <laughs> uh yeah Absolutely. fucking louis that's so damn cool um if you could. Now, Cannibal Corpse is obviously a big bucket list. So you've accomplished this question already. Is there someone else on your bucket list that you would love to collaborate with a band, an artist? Uh, throw it out into the universe. You never know what will happen.
1: Well, unfortunately, I don't think I can do that with Dio. Um, Ronnie James, Dio, that would have been, been a really, really awesome collaboration. Um, my friend who passed away a few years ago, his, you know, he used to run like the, the DO social media and stuff like that. Uh, And I'm, I'm friends with his uh, wife or widow, I guess at this point, Um, knows like Wendy and stuff. So like, it it could potentially still be a thing on that front. However, I've been talking to um, uh, like Frederick and Hansi and Marcus of uh, blind guardian, uh one of my favorite bands of all time as well is blind guardian and that would just be that would be super cool and we we've you know we've kind of confirmed it a little bit uh we haven't pressed it too much because you know the pandemic and all that stuff happened. so there's been so much stuff going on but uh blind guardian mead would have been would be awesome uh <laughs> that would be a really really fun uh, it just kind of you know they they fit the the medievaly vibe of things um yeah that would be band wise we're always down to do collabs with with whatever you know uh anybody who is wanting to do collabs you know we're we're always down to talk you know so
2: there you go people if you're interested in having a mead made by weird send them a message hit it up and have a conversation
1: Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.
2: Thirsty Thursday gang, we are recording this today, a Thirsty Thursday virtual hang, my favorite Thursdays of the month. The first, I always do a live interview. I'm going to open the floor to the Thirsty Thursday gang, see if they have any questions for you. I'm assuming Steph might have a question because he's a brewer and I'm sure he's going to raise his hand. But as always, Phil Dervites, who I was with. A few days ago, watching Devin Townsend here in Montreal, uh, is first from the Whispers from the Void podcast.
3: Phil, how you doing? <laughs> i pretty good. Pretty good. Travis, how are you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How are you? Looks like you I'm got some pre-
1: really awesome uh, banners right behind you there.
3: Oh, thank you. I got some aborted uh, revocation. The cryptic Garbies from Quebec. It's like nice. pretty slam metal, but yeah, yeah. Um, Got a question about mead man uh mm-hmm. what is the weirdest mead that you made? like one of my friends did a mushroom mead, so I was wondering what the- what is the weirdest order or the weirdest mead that you had as an idea, or did you really made it
1: we've we've made a i'll say like weird or odd right yeah. um we we've made a a mead that was with blue lotus flower, Ooh. um. So blue lotus flower, lemon balm, white tea, and yeah. that one was a very acquired taste, right? Like it was good. Okay. It was like we had a bunch of people really, really love it. It was like we only did one one round of it, or I'd say a round. It's like about three hundred bottles, right? <laughs> um, and we. We could make it again, but it was just those notes were odd. I don't really yeah. know how else to explain it, but like the combination, it was good, but it was like probably I don't know the the tea and the the blue lotus and the the lemon. They just kind of kind of, in my opinion, kind of countered each other a little bit. Okay, um, I've had. Uh, We've tried a bunch of different honeys, which would make interesting meads as well. So that's another thing. Um, Every honey type that you do, um, if you use a clover honey, a a meadow foam, orange blossom, wildflower, uh, I mean, the list goes on and on. You could make the same mead every single time, and every one of those meads will be tasting different. I have a buddy of mine who tried avocado honey. And, uh, I feel like avocado honey with a mead would be a pretty, pretty odd one. And, um, another idea that I've kind of had as well is to make, um, there's a, there's a honey called fireweed, fireweed honey, um, fireweed honey would just give it some, some different notes. So like the honeys will play a a major factor in your mead as well. It could be anywhere from dark to sweet to meadow foam gives off vanilla notes um, there's coffee mead, which Ooh. you could make mead with coffee, but I'm talking like the bees harvest it from the coffee plant, oh. um, which would give it some interesting kind of notes on there. Um, however, one of the craziest like ideas that I've kind of been thinking about was you, are you guys familiar with like those warhead candies? Like, oh, like the old, the old, like sour, sour warheads. <laughs> Um, I've seen people do stuff with candy, so I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll just take like a huge pack of those blue raspberry warheads and just chuck it in the meat and see see what happens
3: no, on there. Do <laughs> better. Just put fucking malic acid in it. No. <laughs> you put malic acid in your meat. <laughs> there
1: you go. That you would definitely have some because some the crazy... malic
3: acid is what Warheads is using for yeah, doing the Warheads. Yeah. Yeah. So you put malic acid directly in the mead,
1: and just throw some <laughs> fruit or something in there and call yeah. it good.
3: <laughs> like, like you could you could put like some fruits malic acid <laughs> in the mead. <laughs> Damn, that could be that, awesome. That would be like,
1: hey, you guys want to come over and we're gonna sit around a bonfire and drink this boarhead mead? <laughs> like, like
3: <laughs> seriously, if you are doing it. I'm doing other traveling from Canada to coming like to is Oregon. That, that's where you're
1: it. at is Canada.
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm in Quebec. Oh, cool. I'm in cool. Quebec, like in the east. So okay. yeah.
1: <laughs> cool. I'm
3: doing I'm doing auto travel. I'm coming just to war <laughs> warhead.
1: Yeah, that would be so yeah, that would be probably my one of my most crazy kind of ideas for a, for a mead there. <laughs> that
0: would be awesome.
2: Hell fucking yes, it would. Up next we have Steph from Podcrastination Podcast.
0: Hey, how's it going? Cool, cool. I'll have to um, get the name of your podcast. I, I like following other, other podcasts. Oh, yeah. I, I barely updated. I mostly do videos now, but I mostly talk about um, cider and, and beers here in Quebec. Uh, cool. Like Matt said, I'm a home brewer. I've been home brewing for a long time. I've been doing cider and fruit wine. Mm-hmm. I've done a few braggots and melomel and ciders yeah. and stuff like that. Uh I've started my first batch of actual mead of like I'm aiming at fourteen percent. Um I and this is all gonna get super technical for people listening, but um I've read that a lot um, like a lot of people do like the whole mead and put like either uh, raisins or put like black tea to get a tannin in there. Uh, I was like, I it, it, wasn't going to turn out if I don't do it. I was thinking maybe just putting oak chips or something like that. Or um, is it still going to be just like sweeter or whatever at the end if I don't do this? you're just trying to get the tannins to come through? or are you Yeah, kind of, because a bunch of places that I've looked, you know, like a bunch of YouTube videos and shit like that, like they're like, oh, you have to do this or else it's not going to be good and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, well, it's actually going to taste like? Because I've i barely done anything like really above like 10% ABV before uh, except like Imperial Stouts and, and stuff like that. So it was already like sugary. Um, but for the me, like I'm not sure where I'm going, like above, like I said, like 7-8%
1: yeah um if you're just aiming for like the tannin notes, you can just throw in some wood chips um if you're if you're if you're wanting that oak flavor to come through on there um it, in regards to the raisin thing i've I i do not really use the raisins um it's just kind of uh, you know a, a lot of the home brewers and stuff you know you can use them it helps with uh, like a yeast nutrient um give him a little bit of like go-go juice essentially <laughs> um but you can also pick up like a uh an oak
0: stave which yeah is- yeah that's what i have i already have a bunch of uh, i used okay. to work at a brewery and i used to i, I yeah. jam a bunch of rolls that i chipped and i have like a bunch of, of stuff already for that so basically i can just like forget about the the raisins and the tea and just let nature do its thing
1: yeah i mean if you're just going for a a, a traditional mead. Cause you said you, you've made braggots, which for anybody yeah. listening, uh, a braggart is a, it's almost like a beer mead crossover thing. Um, we're actually in the process of collabing with a brewery to make a braggot as well. Um, for a Viking beer fest that's coming in, in August, um, which is crazy that it's
0: that's next month. That's <laughs> um, it's soon. hope it's you soon. have a recipe already.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So it's essentially mixing mead with beer, there's that route or you can brew your, your beer with honey. There's like, there's multiple ways to make that braggart. Um, and then you said that you've done mellow mills, which is yeah. a mead with fruit for anybody who's listening. If it were me, like I would just be going with, do your, just your honey water yeast and then go from there. Let it go like two to three months or so just to do your, your normal fermentation um, if you feel like throwing in a um, a raisin in there, just to kind of kick the. I don't know what years what type of yeast you're
0: using, but if uh, I was wine yeast EC one 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 eight or something of like that. If so that's the so white wine yeast or something,
1: the white wine yeast, kind of like your your mangrove jack or or something yeah, like that. Yeah, sort
0: of a brand or something, but yeah,
1: yeah. Um, the wine yeasts they do benefit a from what I've seen and kind of done over the years, they do benefit a little bit um, with a a raisin or two in there. Um, But if you're just trying to get those tannins to come through and maybe give it a nice little, like, uh, like kind of Oak kind of slight finish, it's not going to be a full Oak barrel, but it will definitely do the job and get some of those, those nice tannins in there. Give it that more of a smooth, smooth feeling when you're, when you're drinking it.
0: And you also quickly, you said like you're racking many times while you're doing the uh, yours. Um, it, are you racking like, let's say every month or is it all like first fermentation, a couple of racking just to remove the um, the yeast itself? Do your your base
1: fermentation get to the ABV that you're wanting to get to. And then from there, add like a yeast killer or a stabilizer or you can just let it kind of naturally stabilize depending on what your production schedule is. Let it do its, its fermentation and stuff. Yeah, your schedule. Um, let it do its natural fermentation and stuff. And then when it's done fermenting and you've hit that ABV that you're wanting to rack it over, get it off of all of that, uh, get it off of all of that, that dead yeast and stuff. And then from there, add your, um, your, your oak chips or your steak. So really like a second
0: fermentation from there. Yep.
1: It put it into the secondary and then go from there. Um, let it you, you're depending on how far along you are on that. Let it go um, like two months or so on to uh, like on your primary. Put it onto the secondary. Let it sit on the secondary for like another month or so. Taste it. See if you, if it's where you like it. If it's where you like it then my my next recommendation was do it again move it over again let it sit cuz you never know what else might drop out of there and then you do two you do three to four racks and you'll have a pretty pretty smooth pretty smooth beverage i think
0: all right thanks man
2: yeah of course man hopefully that Hopefully that helped (laughs) very educational. I like that very much. Uh, We have metal architect who's up next. Uh, What's your question, Jerry?
3: Mine's on the uh, leather side. You were talking about Vikings, which I was a massive fan of that show. Watched it from like day one to all the way through. Same. Um, So how did that become like how that like contractor
1: like job, like how did you get that? And then like, what did you do for the show? So I have a bunch of friends in like the film world of things, right. Just because of the connections and stuff. I know I have a couple of different friends who are background extras on the show. And so a few different shield maidens, um, warriors and stuff like that. So really it was just them. They were like, Hey, like, can you make me some of this leather stuff? And from there, they had to present it to the costume department for approval. Um, they're very the film industry, especially when recording shows, is very, um, you know, th- they want to make sure that these items are that they're going to fit the vibe, right? That they're trying to do. It's nothing too norm out of the norm, normal world of things. They want it to, they want to make sure that it looks the part. Um, and it passed. So it was just a really cool um, collaborative kind of thing, which hopefully will open up more doors, more door. That's cool. I didn't mean to make that <laughs> reference, but, <laughs> um, more doors, um, for me to, uh, to get my work out there into like the film world of, of things. Cause that's really what I've been aiming for, for, for a few years now, um, trying to do film work. You know, I'm trying to get my portfolio out there. I've got a whole separate, uh, link tree thing for, folks who are interested and I, and I can share it into that Facebook group too. Um, of like my past portfolio, which shows some of the stuff that's made it to Vikings. Um, the full suit of Theoden armor that I've done, uh, just all sorts of really, really cool stuff. Um, it's really just talking to people, you know, I just, I, I chat with people and sometimes things work out. um, I've been in contact with, trying. I'm trying to push my work for House of the Dragon, um, Amazon's Lord of the Rings on Prime, The Witcher, stuff like that. I'm trying to just get more of my my leather armor and work out there. And I'm just like I'm I'm open to whatever. Like I will make whatever you need. You need like you need thirty background extras, bracers for this, you know, or something like that.
2: That, That's... I wanted to ask a question about this. Uh, What if they do call you, say Amazon calls you, and they put, like, a ridiculous order in? How are you going to be able to fulfill this order in a certain amount of time, let's say?
1: That is a question for future Travis. (laughs) When when that happens, if that happens, I'll have to make it work out for sure. Um, Because I don't like passing up opportunities, you know, so... You know, if it if it's something where where it's like, hey, we need this um, or we want to commission this piece or something along those lines, then I will put in the extra work. I'll I'll make it work. You know, I am very much an opportunist. So if a door opens, I
2: jump on it, you know are there people that you trust enough to bring into your shop and maybe you're doing it already at this point that apprenticeship underneath you apprentice underneath you or work alongside you while making leatherworks mhm
1: i have a couple um that i've been some of my employees i've been you know training for a few years uh more of the long along the lines of like templates and cutting out stencils tracing out things that kind of stuff. Um, If we got like a huge order for something, I'd be like, all right, I'm going to show you guys how to do this. This is what we're going to do for this. You're going to, you're going to head this little project here. You're going to move on to, you're on rivets, you're on die, you're on like, and we'll just assembly line it, you know, and and make it work. And then I will make sure that um, if something like that happens, that everybody gets credit Cause I'm very much a, I don't like, I don't like it when people take all the credit for something. If it's, if you were riveting 10,000 rivets, you better get credit for that. You know, like you better be included in that project. Um, tagging photos, you know, like I'm all about making sure everybody gets credit. So we would, we would make, sh- we would make it happen. But, uh, uh, and speaking of Vikings, uh, we, me being a huge fan of, of the show, I don't have a bottle on me to show you guys, but uh, I reached out to Catherine Winnick, who plays Lagertha on the show Vikings a few years ago. And I was like, hey, speaking of like collaborative type things, I was like, hey, we want to make a mead in honor of of Lagartha and, and, and the show and kind of stuff like that. Um, what kind of flavor would you like to do? and she got back to us and that's how our blueberry vanilla mead came in, into play and it's hard you know i can't really show you guys what the blueberry looks like because i just don't have it but our shield colors on all of our bottles they always change so that background shield color on there we made it like lagritha's uh shield from the show vikings on there and it's cool. it's one of our staples you know hell so. yes that's
2: that's fucking awesome Brian's Brian go for it bud Uh, on the armor thing I Mm -hmm. like the Lord of the Rings nerding out real quick I think my favorite uh, set of armor from that movie is uh, the witch king I really like his and stuff very very cool Um, as far as your metery goes I I came in a little late so if I missed it I'm sorry Uh, do you guys do any uh, distribution or do you plan to yeah
1: so all of our stuff right now is self-distribution um, we're really, really pushing to get our, our stuff out there. We're trying to get our brand out there a lot more. Um, we can ship to 44 states, 45 states, somewhere around there. Um, so if anybody's listening and is like, Hey, I want to try weird mead. You can just hop onto our website. Um, we can it ship. You can ship yourself some bottles of mead. Bear in mind that we don't have much control over UPS alcohol shipping, So whatever the cost is on there, it might be a little, a little high on that. But, uh, you know, that's some of our goals over this, um, this upcoming year is to really get our production really moving, trying to get distribution rolling. And then once we get enough product really, really rolling, getting our stuff picked up by a distributor. So it'd be a bit easier for someone, you know, or even international would be awesome too. But, uh, there's a lot of alcohol shipping things, but, uh, we are, we are self-distributing and, you know, we're, we're always appreciative of anybody who supports us and tries our mead. Um, even if you're ordering it self or from our website straight to your house, you know, getting our mead out there, you know, sharing with a couple of buddies in whatever other state is, uh, you know, it, it means everything to us. So, um, we are working on distribution, definitely.
2: Awesome, awesome. Uh, uh, the other thing, um, with the, like the way your, um, the meadery, the, the the building and all that stuff sounds decor-wise and the, the vibe of the whole place, mm-hmm. I don't know if you have been to any of like, the medieval festivals or whatnot, or if they've been popped up in your area since it's been nice out, but it sounds like a very good fit for all that
0: with your leather work and the mead and stuff.
1: Yeah, we're... Uh... We're going to a Ren Fair um, that we usually go to. We were there last year. Um, awesome experience for us. It just it fits so well for leather and mead at a Renaissance fair. You know, we, we had to line out our booth and all the way like into the, the masses. So um, we sold out of mead weekend one, day one last year at Ren Fair. So it oh, awesome. moved. It moves super, super fast, but yeah, we're trying to get into as many of those, those events around town. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it goes together with, with those types of like rent fairs or the SCA events or the LARP events or any of those weird, weird crossovery types, type of, uh, events that are around town. So we're, we're definitely trying to get on as many of those as
2: we can for sure.
0: Awesome. Cool. Thanks man.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Hell yes, Steph is back. Another question, go for it, Steph.
0: Uh, super quick question. What's your D&D character?
2: So, okay. So, <laughs>
0: D&D. So, I, th- I have a I have a super character quick. Let's say cuz yeah. I think he wants to wrap up now, but
1: Yeah, no worries. Um I have a character called Olorin. Um he's my wizard that I've played in almost World of Warcraft, Skyrim, D&D, like my whole entire life. Um we speaking of weird as a community the entire so we have a whole dnd guild for our business as well um we're on facebook as the warriors of weird a community group that's our community group for all the artists and stuff like that and then we have warriors of weird adventurers guild and this is our whole D guild of uh, of things and we have so many players and dms there's a whole discord and everything now they took the whole entire weird hall and put it into the D&D world. Like, so our whole entire hall and my character, my wizard, exists as an NPC leading all of these quests and all of this stuff when I'm not even available to play. Um, we are, we've started another podcast called, what was it Warriors of Weird? The Weird Saga? um it's with my my twitch streaming friends for gondo bros gaming it's a a twitch channel that me and my friend do um we met through cosplay faramir and boromir cosplayers um so we started a new podcast and i started a new character earth genasi paladin um, we have a podcast rolling for that. If anybody wants to follow our adventures, it's, it's it's chaotic. First thing I tried to do was slap my my other character in the face because he's an NPC, and the first roll of the game, I rolled a one. And so <laughs> that one on the first roll, I was like, all right, this campaign's going, going really good. <laughs> but yeah, love D&D. All I- right. Thanks. Hell yes, I'm thank the you. local nerd I had No, no, I appreciate line. that. Yeah, I, yeah. Had,
2: I had Warriors of Weird written down here, and I I skipped it. So I'm happy it oh, got yeah. hit. That makes me happy. Yeah, plug it in there. <laughs> I'm very happy. Um, I have one final question, a classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Now, I am very well versed in the world of uh, hangovers from craft beer. Now, now, what is the difference between a mead hangover and a beer hangover? Uh, is there any difference? And um, if you do ever get hungover, what is your hangover cure?
1: I've never been hangover. I've never been hungover in my life. So... I couldn't I couldn't tell you that like I don't drink enough to to really to make that happen. I've heard that from multiple sources um from people that it's uh it's either you're in bed all day or nothing became of it and you're up and ready to roll and you're good to go. Um I honestly I think it probably just depends on what the what the mead that you're drinking is. Are you drinking a six percent mead or are you drinking almost a 21 percent mead and you've had five glasses or a full drinking horn uh (laughs) yeah sorry i I don't have much in an the no, answer no, on no, that. That's it.
2: I, I, I like the, there's no hangover answer. I think that's, yeah, I mean, I, like, that's, that's, that's the dream, right? I don't that's, that's the dream. Travis, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, thank you so, so much for hanging out with me, the Thirsty Thursday gang, talking about life, talking about metal, talking about mead, talking about leather. Um, very interesting. Um, anytime I'm going to be over in Portland, I'm definitely going to come and hang out at Weird. And uh, yeah, LVU, guys are all of you, box welcome. and Hops heads listening, should do the same. Go check it out, support it. They have a community they they believe in metal they believe in crediting people where credit is due and i like that very much travis thirsty thursday gang make some noise even though we won't hear it i it it makes me laugh every time i edit the episode so so thank you so much give travis a nice send off cheers to you all i appreciate it
1: thanks guys all your voices
2: (laughs) it always makes me laugh when i edit it just never works Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right here. You. you know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome conversation. I love Thirsty Thursday Virtual Hangs. It just makes me so goddamn happy to connect with the Thirsty Thursday gang with a guest coming into this community that was grown out of hanging out together and drinking beer during the pandemic and is still a thing. I think I'm very lucky and I'm very fortunate to have amazing humans in my life that want to hang out with me and drink beer with my guests and myself. I think it's super cool. Travis was amazing. So interesting. The process that goes into creating mead. it's something that I was not aware of. So I learned new things. I'm excited to see where weird goes. I'm excited to see how big it goes. I want them to have that festival. I think that would be so, so cool. Travis, thank Thank you so, so much for hanging out with me. It was an absolute blast, and I can't wait to do it again. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can do that on my website, Vox and That's V O X A N D H O P S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You'll get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will also get to hear about any projects I have in the works before I announce them to the public. You will also get get to hear about anything going on in the world of Cryptopsy and there's a lot of stuff going on with Cryptopsy right now, so the mailing list will keep you up to date on that. You will also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops's Metal Architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. If ever you're looking for new music to listen to, well, you should listen to the new Cryptopsy as Gamora Burns. Just kidding, but you should listen to it. Apart from that release, Jerry finds the best new releases and puts them all onto the Brutal Awakenings playlist for our listening pleasure. So check it out. It's available on both Apple Music and Spotify. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hospital podcast and I hate when you miss a single thing, so please do me a favor and sign up to the mail list. The Vox and Hospital podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer rest of the week i will be back next week with one episode that drops on tuesday but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers fox and hops heads hey this is steve Choi, host of the musicians guild podcast part of the sound talent media podcast network